Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 and, and do you realize that you're still in the inheritance? Do you know that you're in the will? Do you know that? Well, look at these verses, because these are special for us. Begin with verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So ends the reading of God's Word, and you may be seated. Good morning. So before I mess up your thinking with today's message on work, I'd like to see how it's going with 24-7. And last week, Pastor Steve shared with you about salty conversations, conversations that are grace-filled and full of salt. Does anybody have something they'd like to share about this, any experiences you had during the week? Don't be shy. Yes, Connie. Uh, all day Wednesday, we were at the hospital for about three hours, getting Tom ready to go into surgery. And uh, when I walked in the office, the lady that was taking all of us across the screen, she had believe in God, and she had God all over the place. And so I knew we were right in the middle of God as I walked into her office. And the more she talked to us, and she did, I knew. And so afterwards, we went into another room, and I said to her, oh, my goodness, you're a wonderful Christian. And she said, oh, yes, I am. And we just hugged and hugged. And she was just, she was just like a friend, you know, rather than somebody taking paperwork. It was wonderful. Okay, so this was someone at the hospital when you took Tom in yes. for some tests. Yes, and she had all of her computer screen things about God, and that opened the door to conversations that blessed you. And it's wonderful. There are all sorts of ways that we can do this to let people know. Yeah, good. Thank you, Connie. Somebody else? Yes? So I have a coworker, and, and we sometimes call each other, and, and we then commiserate about some of the challenges. And, and I've really been trying to work on having a more positive attitude. I, I have told her over and over that uh, I, I believe in the Lord, and I believe that he sustains, and I believe that his will is purposeful in, in some of the challenges that we face. And, and yet her comment to me was, well, how do you stay positive in all this? And I thought, oh, if she thinks I'm positive, that is definitely the Lord's work because I have not felt like I, my mouth has been expressing as much positive. And so in that conversation, I was just really able to say, once again, I believe in the Lord. I believe that he is sovereign over this. And then the things that we are challenged with day in and day out and the customers and all of that, it's going to be to his glory. And I just need to be faithful and trust in that. And yeah, I just felt like, gosh, that was such a window in, in God's protection over her perception, but also then an opportunity to ask and uh, have some salt in that conversation. Good. So an opportunity discovered in talking with a coworker yeah. and being able to share. Good. Thank you, Darcy. Linda. she realized that she didn't really want to be a part 
classroom, she wasn't going to be able to get a job to teach her degree in Bible studies. And so she went into teaching because she likes kids. But I was really proud of her for in the public school setting as much as she said about her faith. And I, I just afterwards, I wanted to go out and talk to her, but I can't because she's on the panel. But she's up in our building a lot, so I feel like it's setting the groundwork for some selfie conversations. I can talk further with her now that I know this about her. So she brought salt and grace into an interview as an interviewee. Yeah. So did you hire her? <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> Somebody else. Yes, Kim. Praise God. So a prayer group started in a public school. This is awesome. Yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Someone else. This side's very quiet. Yes, Donna. Part of, part of a car salesman's job to be a disciple and to minister and what a perfect lead into this sermon. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. So Pastor Steve, this service too listened last week. They're very good. So I expect you to listen this Sunday because we'll be asking you next Sunday if you followed through on what Pastor Mary's going to be sharing. If? I know this congregation. Faith, Pastor when? Steve. Faith. When? When? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so to review our passage, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So this week in our next sermon in the series, What Difference Does It Make?, we're looking at what difference does it make to those around you at work at school, in volunteer activities, wherever you go, what difference does it make to others that you are a Christian? And it was interesting looking at ways to look at work. And I'm a sick person. I'm told this quite frequently. I went to thesaurus.com. And it's like, what are the synonyms, the words that mean the same thing as work? Any of you guess some of the things I found? Laborer? I'm sorry? Drudgery. You laugh. You laugh. Okay, these are the ones, and see if you can think of some more. Daily grind, drudgery, 
nose to the grindstone, buckle down, knuckle down, punch a clock, plug away, and of course, rat race. You identify with those? You've heard those before. The really sad thing is they also list the antonyms, the things that are opposite. This is the opposite of work. Fun, rest, and relax. What a negative view of work. Then we're talking about serving Jesus Christ as our boss, and so of course I went to see what it had to say about bosses. And I have to make a disclaimer here. I absolutely do. Guess why? Because my boss is sitting right over there. Okay, please remember, I just see the questions you're going to ask him next week. <laughs> please remember, I've had many bosses. I worked for a lot of principals, so don't assume. In fact, you can be pretty sure most of these will not apply to him. Big cheese. Actually, he likes these. Big gun. Chief. Controller. Employer. Head honcho. Top dog. Feeling good? Head. Is that what that no, is? that's what you're going to wear next Cheese week. Head. I know. <laughs> Wisconsin, I get it, I get it. Okay, here are a few quotes that I found that have to do with the boss. By working faithfully eight hours a day, you may eventually get to be boss and work 12 hours a day. True. Accomplishing the impossible means only that the boss will add it to your regular duties. <laughs> True. The key to being a good boss is keeping the people who dislike you away from those who are still undecided. <laughs> and this was my favorite. Today's parenting tip. Treat a difficult child the way you would your boss at work. Praise his achievements, ignore his tantrums, and re resist the urge to sit him down and explain to him how his brain is not yet fully developed. <laughs> how negative a view we have of work and of working for bosses but the passage says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward it is the Lord Christ you are serving so how do we take this into the theme of making a difference to others, our colleagues, our peers, those we oversee to our boss, because we're Christian? First, we understand that we are created to work. We are created to do work. Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. I don't know about you, but when I've pictured the Garden of Eden, I've really never thought about it having weeds. I've never thought about the bushes needing trimming. But this is what it says. The Lord God took the man and put him there to work at it, to work it and take care of it. Genesis 2.18, he couldn't do it alone. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so Adam and Eve were charged of take, to take care of the garden. God himself set the original example. It says in scripture he worked how long? 
six days to create the earth, and then he rested. Proverbs contains several sayings about work. Proverbs 12:11. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Proverbs 12:14. From the fruit of their lips people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. And Proverbs 18:9. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Strong words. We are created to work. Secondly, we understand that we're not in our job, in our school, in our church, in our organizations by accident. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He knew what he would be having us do before we were even created. And even when it doesn't seem like we're in a good job or a good situation, we acknowledge that we are living out God's plan. There's a very famous verse in Jeremiah 29. Do you know the verse? Okay, found on many graduation cards. But I want to share with you what precedes that verse. Jeremiah 29, 4-7 says this, this is what the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Who took the people into exile? It was not the Babylonians. Two times in that passage, God carried the people into exile tough place for them to be. And he says, I want you to live fully within this situation. It's part of my purpose for you. He intends for us to do well, to give ourselves fully, even when we're feeling like we're in exile. Ever feel that way? That a situation that you're in is so tough? We're to seek to bring peace and prosperity to our situation and to lift up those around us in prayer. Even that unreasonable boss, even that difficult co-worker, we are to dedicate ourselves to making the company, the school, the class, the organization, whatever it is that God brings us into, the best that it can be, not to be about what we get out of it. I found a story about the railroad that I'd like to share with you. Jim Anderson was the supervisor of a crew working on a section of a railroad track. It was a hot August afternoon, and Jim was working and sweating along with the crew. About mid-afternoon, a special train pulled up on an adjacent track. This train consisted of an engine and one very special passenger car. As it stopped, a window came down, a head popped out and yelled, Hey, Jim Anderson, is that you? Jim Anderson looked around and smiled and yelled back, You know it's me, Dave. How are you doing? Dave replied, Fine, fine. Come in here and let's talk. 
Jim tossed his shovel aside and climbed into the car. After about half an hour, Jim came back out and waved as the train pulled away. All his buddies crowded around Jim asking questions. Did you know that was Dave Murphy? Did you know he's the president of the railroad? How do you know him? They all asked. Jim proudly said, yes, I know that was Dave Murphy. And he and I started together in this job 25 years ago. Yes, I know he's the president. One of Jim's buddies then asked, well, if you two started together, how is it that he's now the president of the railroad and you're still out here working in the hot sun? Jim got quiet and sighed a sigh and then smiled and said, it's really pretty simple. 25 years ago, I started to work for $1.10 an hour. And 25 years ago, Dave Murphy started to work for the railroad. Are you working for money? Or are you working for the purpose God has for you in your company, in your school, in whatever situation you're in? Do we work for a paycheck? Or do we work heartily? This is one of the words used in our passage that talks about serving from the heart. And in the Greek, it's not heart in the way we think of it. It's soul. It's from the, the most innermost part of your being. Every, every breath you take comes from this word, from soul. That's how much we're to give ourselves to our work. When I was working at the hospital as a chaplain, I had a conversation once with my boss there, Dorothy, and we were talking about what it means to be a chaplain. And she said, you know, Mary, being a chaplain isn't what I do. Being a chaplain is who I am. And I really thought about that. And I thought about people that I know that are teachers, and teaching is not something they do, Teaching, being a teacher, is who they are. When you go to work, when you go and you participate in organizations, are you just doing a to-do list? Or is it part of who you are? You are a child of God who is called to serve God within that place that you are. It gives a totally different perspective to our work. When we give ourselves fully, then we can claim the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the verse that's so familiar. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We have to do our part first, and then God can bless us because our hearts are in the right place. We are created to work. Our work has a purpose in God's plan, and we are to work fully to further that plan. So now I'm going to get very, very practical, because I don't want you to come back next week, and when Pastor Steve asks, say, well, I don't know what she wanted me to do. I'm going to give you some suggestions that you can put into practice this week. First suggestion, stop being underprivileged. That's a strange one. 
stop being underprivileged. Have an attitude of thankfulness for the work that you get to do. Do you waken on Monday morning or whenever you need to go and work and say, oh, I have to go to work? And all, there were so many things I could have added to my list. There was things that are said about going to work at the beginning of the week. I have to go to work. I have to face that boss. I have to deal with that client or that patient or that student that's difficult. I really identify with that, Kim. (laughs) Or how about this? I get to go to work. Tomorrow morning, the alarm is going to be set, and I get to go to work. I know, try it. It takes time. It takes time. But I will tell you, I work on this. And every time, well, maybe not every time, most times I think, when I catch myself, oh, I have to, no, no, I get to. I get to go serve God. It's a privilege to serve God in what he has me do. It was a privilege when I was a teacher. It's a privilege now that I'm a pastor. I get to do this. Thank you, Lord. Can we say that? For the job that we get to do. Is what you do a punishment? Or is it a privilege? George Sand wrote, Work is not man's punishment. It is his reward and his strength, his glory and his pleasure. Having an attitude that you feel privileged to do what you do and developing ways of speaking, substituting get to for have to, will affect those around you, especially those that whine and complain. You be an example. We can all be an example of one who has the privilege to work for Christ because that's that's the truth. Second suggestion let me share with you Philippians 2, 3 to 4, because it helps. It helps us to understand this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Rick Warren wrote once, and this is one of my favorite quotes from him, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Okay, let me say that again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. The world says, look out for number one. It's dog eat dog. But Jesus Christ says, love one another. Serve one another. Think about yourself. I mean, picture in your mind you at work or you at that committee meeting or that volunteer activity or whatever it is that you do. Is what you do about you or is it about serving others? I know I have room to grow in this. I suspect we all do. Practical step number two, develop a servant heart instead of a selfish one. My favorite definition of a servant heart is getting excited about making someone else successful. What would happen if at your work or school you made a priority of making someone specific, someone successful? Would it make a difference to their lives? Yes. What a surprise that would be. What a radical idea that you're not there to be out for you 
but to make someone else successful. I'd like you to take a moment right now and just close your eyes for a moment and see if God brings to mind someone in your life, in your own situation, that you can help make more successful through encouragement, through practical help you can give, and especially through prayer. See who God brings to your mind. And then commit to him that you'll do it. Practical step number three. Let go of the need to get credit for what you do. Ronald Reagan had on his wall, and we don't know whether he actually said it or whether he just it was something he kept there, there is no limit to what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Would you agree with that? If you are truly working for the Lord, he already knows. He already knows what you're doing and how hard you're trying. That brings me a lot of comfort. I, it's, it's more important to sense God's pleasure than to get that recognition from other people. And when I'm thinking about how I'm feeling about my work or things that I do, and I find that I'm upset, sometimes I think, okay, am I upset because I didn't get credit? Am I upset because nobody thanked me? Am I upset because it just didn't work out the way I'd hoped? And I I really like to hear positive things. If that's the case... I'm probably not focused as much as I should be on working for the Lord. I'm focused on working for me and what I get out of it. I take this sometimes to another level of playing. It's kind of a game inside of me. Can I go and do something fun for somebody and not let them know? That helps train me not to need that response back from them, but it's also fun. I don't know if you've ever done the secret pal thing at work, but it's a, it's a fun thing to think, oh, what could I do that would be encouraging for them, but I don't want them to know it's me. It's a practical way to work on the idea of having a servant heart instead of a selfish one. You've learned in some of the different messages I've shared that I have little things that I stick in front of me to remind me, to help keep me on track with what I'm trying to do. And one of the things I have right by my keyboard is this verse. It's called Old Chinese Verse. I have no clue whether it really is. I just like what this says. Listen to this. Go in search of your people. Love them. Learn from them. Plan with them. Serve them. Begin with what they have. Build on what they know. But of the best leaders... When their task is accomplished, their work is done. The people all remark, we have done this ourselves. Can you make a goal of encouraging people, of empowering people, so that they don't realize that you're doing anything, but you get to see them grow, and you get to see them succeed, and you get excited because you have that servant heart, and you are serving the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. 
We are created to work. Our work has a purpose. Our work is our ministry and our privilege, and it is our mission. May we truly make a difference for the Lord as we're going to work, to school, to wherever he leads us. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, help us to realize the privilege that you give us in everything you ask us to do, that we get to serve you. Lord, how incredible that is. You don't need us, but you know that we need you. Lord, help us to develop a heart for you, serving you with all of our heart, our soul, every breath we take. And Lord, let us encourage those around us and make a difference, make a true difference in their lives because we are yours. Lord, show us opportunities this week and inspire us in what we do. Thank you for the privilege of working for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And if the ushers would receive the offering, please.